God's good, ain't he? Amen. While they're gathering up, the kiddos, uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. You can be seated. Um, if you're here today and you're a visitor, we want to welcome you. If you're sitting in a folding chair, we're sorry. But uh, um, you'll go sit on a bleacher for hours. I don't feel too bad for you. Amen. Um, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes. I, I shouldn't be long. Um, about dominion, about having power with God. We hear this a lot, and we've heard it for years. Um, the church doesn't have the power that it used to, or the church doesn't have the demonstration of the power like it used to. We need to get back to the demonstration of the power of God, not for our sake. We're saved, but for the sake of the unbeliever. Signs are for the unbeliever, not the believer. The believer already believes. So as a believer, you're in good standing. So you're, you're going to make it because you've been washed in the blood. But we really do need to see a demonstration of God's power. A lot of people follow Jesus, not for his words, but they followed him for his miracles. The danger in that is when you're saved and you have a word, a word is truly as powerful as a demonstration, because you know that the word does not fail. Um, I, I read a story about a, an old man. He was a Christian his, his whole life, most of his life. And as he was dying on his deathbed, somebody asked him, they said, do you see glimpses of heaven? And he said, more than a glimpse, I have a word. And what he was saying was, I've got a promise from God. And whether I see a glimpse of heaven or not, I know that it's going to be okay. He said, I don't even trust my glimpses, but what I do trust is the word of God. So let me tell you something about God's word. God's word said it will not return unto him void, but will, it will accomplish what it's sent to do. I think the problem may be that we don't speak God's word enough to our situations. Sometimes we let our situations run us instead of us running our situations. I've used this illustration a lot, Eugene. I'll use it a lot more. Instead of taking our problem to God and saying, God, here is my problem, we need to take God to our problem and say, hey, problem, here is my God. There is a difference in perspective. But to have dominion, to walk in power, what does it mean to live a victorious Christian life? If I looked at you and said, man, he's, he's a man of victory or she's a woman of victory, she walks in victory, what does that actually look like? What does it mean to be victorious and what does it mean to struggle as a believer? There are times that most of us can testify that we feel more victorious in our walk with God than others. Um, the way I know this is I'll say, hey, how you doing? I'm struggling or I'm having a struggle. Uh, some people tell you quick. Most of the time when you ask people how they're doing, they say busy. And if you don't get busy, you get tired. And I asked somebody this morning how they were doing and they said busy and tired. 
And so, but when, when you, you have a struggle, it is at the forefront of your mind. You know right now where you are in your walk with God. What's amazing is we can hide it from each other. Some people don't even know when you're struggling. Some people don't know when you're tired because you're good at being upbeat and you're good at, at hiding it and things in your life can be falling apart and you walk in and we say, how you doing? And you say, great. And to, to I, 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 listen, I don't like negative people either. And negative people bring you down. But we've been taught to be positive so long that sometimes we don't deal with the issues. Sometimes we're falling apart, and we need to let God know we're falling apart. Can you say amen? Because it's not always on the up and up. Sometimes there's struggles. And in those struggles, though, most of the time, we understand that most of the time, let's be honest, when we're struggling, it's our fault. When we struggle in our walk with God, it's because we haven't been doing the disciplines that God has asked us to do. Because disciplines make you stronger. Amen? If you are a weak Christian, your commitment is probably weak. If you are a weak Christian, then that means that your devotion is probably weak. Because when you talk to him and you walk with him, there is a strength that comes with that. And everybody in this room can testify and say amen. When I'm close to him, I walk in power. When I'm close to him, I walk in victory. When I'm close to him, when I'm doing things I'm not supposed to do, I become weak. And then I wonder where God is. Let me tell you what God can't do. God cannot fellowship sin. And Brother Eddie, sin is one of those things that has found its way outside the church door, and we don't call it sin anymore. We call it weakness, or we call it my struggle. This is my struggle. Can I tell you, if lust is your struggle, you need to kill it. If lying is your struggle, you need to kill it. If pride is your struggle, you need to kill it. You need to get rid of those things in our life because we want to walk in dominion. We don't get to walk in dominion any way that we want to walk. We've used the illustration time and time again. Tammy, I can't hold on to the world and hold on to the Jesus and keep myself together because if I try to hold on to both of them, that's right, I said the Jesus. And if you hold on to both of them, what's going to happen is they're going to tear you apart. The reason I said that, if you wasn't here Wednesday night, I want to clarify, I met a man who I assumed was a Muslim, and I asked him, was he a, was he a Muslim? He said he used to be a Muslim. And I said, are you a Muslim now? He said, oh, no, brother, not anymore. I met the Jesus. And he said, once you meet the Jesus, you cannot be a Muslim anymore. <laughs> so the Jesus, not a Jesus, the Jesus. And when you try to hold on to both of them, it'll tear you apart. The reason is they are going in opposite directions. The problem is it's easy to preach on the sin of America. It's easy to preach on the sin of a country because a country is not a thing. It's not, it's not a living thing. Uh, I hate to tell you this, but America cannot sin. <laughs> America is nothing more than a business, and the businesses will never stand before God and give an account. People can sin. And so when we make it personal and we understand, Brother Frankie, that if we're going to see a move of God, it's not going to begin in our country. It's going to begin in us. 
It's got to start with us. If we're going to see God move in this area that he has planted us, it's got to start right here. Brother Eddie taught us years ago, if we want revival, he said to draw a circle around ourselves and say, God, send revival to the one inside this circle. But let me tell you something about God. Once God starts moving on you, he don't stay within the confines of that circle. Our God is a consuming fire. And when you start getting the revival in you and you start getting close to Jesus. It begins to flow out of you and it begins to flow to the next person and the next person. If we want to see God take over this area and do something great, I don't care the politics of our country. I don't care what's going on in the world. I believe that God's people can have revival right in the middle of it all and see people say amen. But it begins with me. I have to walk in dominion. How do I walk in dominion? How do I walk in power? How do I do what the Bible says to do when he says speak those things as not that are not as though they were? How do you do this? How do you say let the weak say they are strong? If you're walking around weak and you're saying you're strong, you seem delusional. But the difference is you're not looking at the situation. You're looking at the Word. I don't need to see a glimpse of who I'm going to be because I've got a Word that tells me who I'm going to be. He said we are going to be conformed to the image of His Son. I've got a Word that tells me, Jason, even when I'm weak, I'm being conformed. Even when I'm tired, I'm being conformed. When I'm on the up and up, I'm being conformed. When I walk in victory, I'm being conformed. Because the key is, We want to walk in the power of God, but I want you to notice what came first. Before dominion came, image came. He was created. He said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Image came before dominion. What I'm saying is this. I will never have the power of Jesus unless I look like Jesus. I will never walk in the power of Jesus unless I am bearing the image of Jesus. Are you with me? Let me let me take you to the cross. Let me preach. Can I preach the cross for just a minute? Let me take you to the cross. We love the preaching of the cross. Let me tell you why we love the preaching of the cross. It's because to us which are saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. Man, I can preach the cross because I know what saved me from sin. Out of all the events that have happened, out of all the events that have happened throughout human history, amazing things have happened. There is one that stands out among the few that's unparalleled than any other. And I'll take you to a hill called Calvary. There's not many events that can parallel what happened there. What happened there was the sinless Lamb of God laid down His life for you and shed His blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But because He died, because He died, because He died, I can live because His blood washed me free. His blood washed me clean. That's Calvary. And man, we love that part of Calvary. How many people are saved by the blood? Clap your hands if you're saved by the blood. How many people know that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin? 
but the blood was shed. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Darren, I'll never forget this conversation. It made an impression. It's been years ago, and you may not even remember saying it. We were talking one day, and he had went to Charleston to pick up some people in his family. And, and what he said just made an impression on my heart. As, and he was just talking, and he said, on the way home, he said he found them. And, and he looked over, and he said, they have marred the image of God so bad. They have marred the image of God so bad. When we're talking about being distant from God, we are not talking about distance. When we're talking about likeness with God, we're not talking about distance. We're talking about likeness. When we say we are far from God, we know the story. You can't get away from God. Everywhere you go, that's where he's at. Because everything consists of him. In him we live. In him we move. In him, no matter where you're at, no matter where you go, God is there. When somebody says, well, they're running from the Lord, they're never, they're never going to get away. Because wherever they go, there he is. You can go to the end of the earth. And if you would ask, is there anybody here? There's only one that can say, I am. If you, oh, I don't care how far you go, he's already there. You can't get away from him. It's not talking about distance. When we say we're far from God, we're talking about likeness because the closer you get to him, the more like him you become. This is the other side of the cross. This is the continuation of the cross. I can preach to you today and we can have good service and I can tell you about the blood washing you at the cross and the power of the cross and there's nothing like the cross but there's another side to the cross. After he died on his cross, he looked at us and said, now you take up your cross and follow me. What's he saying? He's saying, you want what I got, you got to follow me. He said, any man taking his hand to the plow and looking back is not fit for the kingdom of God. But let's be honest, there's times in every one of our lives where we've looked back a few times. We've considered. We've considered giving up. We've considered, I don't know what we're giving up. Are we giving up our belief system? Are we giving up our discipline? What are we giving up? When we walk away from truth, what are we giving up? I'm going to tell you, we're giving up everything. Because apart from him, there is no life. There is no joy. There is no peace. There is no comfort. There is no power. There is no, no rest. We're giving up everything. When we consider walking away, we, we got to start saying like this, Jesus, I no longer want to strive to be like you. Because when we walk away from truth, that's what we're saying. You're not worth imitating. It's not worth it. It's too hard. It's too difficult. The problem is we got the wrong revelation because he said, take my yoke. It's light. What did he mean by that? You want to be like me? Let me tell you how to be like me. Have me living in you. 
Let me say this again. It's not a struggle to be like him when he's inside of you controlling your move. The difficult path comes, is Perry, when we fight against the will of God in our life and every man is drawn away when he's drawn away by his own lust. But when we realize there is nothing in this world worth walking away from the truth of God, nothing in this world will satisfy like he can. Oh, I hope you're hearing me today. Because until we look like him, until we're conformed to his image, we can't walk in his power. Let's be honest. We mentioned this Wednesday, some of y'all would be dangerous with the power of God. There'd be wrecked cars everywhere. Pull out in front of me, zap. Cross my path, zap. You got my order wrong. People be falling out everywhere over a cheeseburger. Not just a cheeseburger, just ketchup. <laughs> Man, without the mind of God, we would be dangerous with the power of God. Are you hearing me? So how do we get that? Image comes before dominion. Let us make them in our image. Then they can have dominion. What was lost in the garden was image. And because he lost image, he lost dominion. Are you hearing me? What was lost in the garden was image. He didn't look like his creator anymore. And the problem is we are born under the similitude of Adam's transgression. We are born with blemishes. You know what drives me crazy? I'm to that place in, in my life where I have glasses. I hate them. I hate them. They're pretty strong. So I, most of y'all can't even see right now. I'm kidding. I can see pretty decent. But they said I need them. They said you'd be hard-pressed to pass a uh, driving exam without your glasses. I said, okay, thank you. So I went to do a physical, and I didn't take my glasses. And that lady said, you can hear pretty good, but you can't see worth a lick. And she made me look at these little things, and she's telling me all this stuff, and I'm looking down, and I'm like, I'm looking down, I'm looking down, I'm looking down. She says, which one is broken? I said, two. She said, try again. Three, try again. She said, I can only give you some more, so many more try agains. I'm to that, that point in my life, I'm at that age in my life where things are starting to fall apart. Can anybody testify? And everybody says this happens at a different age. I love what T.D. Jake said. He said that he used to think when he was young, people that wore glasses were lying. That they could all see they just wanted to wear glasses. He said he turned 40 and they were not lying. <laughs> You're to the point of that life, to the point where things are starting to change. Things are starting to, they're starting to move and, 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 and fall apart. And what I want to do, Brother Eddie, is I'm trying to convince myself that they're not. Did anybody else go through what I'm going through? There's things that I got to tell myself I'm not 20 anymore. But my mind says, you got this. You got this. Are you, are you ever at work and somebody looks at you and says, hey, let him get it. He's strong. And I'm like, I'm not strong. I'm old and it hurts. 
So we have a young fellow working with us now. And I said, you're young, man. You're 19 years old. Quit making me pick it up. And he told me this out of his mouth. He said, man, I can't do a push-up. And I realized I may not be so bad after all. I'm thinking I'm falling apart and he ain't never fell together. You know what we're good at? We're good at when things are falling apart. We're good at pretending like they're not. It's why most of us, it has to be catastrophic before we go to the doctor. Come on, let's be honest. You self-diagnose? It's always wrong. Because I'm telling you, if Google was right, we'd all be dead. Would we not? We're in this struggle, and we're in this fight, and we're trying to walk in dominion. And yeah, I'm at that place, Darren, where it makes me aggravated when I'm looking at paper, and I can't. Does anybody, does anybody know what I'm talking about? They, they, they hand me a report, and I look at the piece of paper, and I want to, I, I just wish I could touch it, make it bigger. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm at the place now, I'm screenshotting stuff that won't let me make it bigger so I can make it bigger. I'm there, I just want to, man, you know what's, have you ever found a picture and you're looking through the picture and there's one person in the picture and you don't remember them being there? But it, it, I'm not talking about your I'm not talking about your phone, I'm talking about a picture. And you pull it out and you look at it and you say, Who is that? But there's a blemish. There's there's somebody got water on the picture or there's something there or and you're looking and and you just you just want to see who it is but you can't tell who it is because there's a blemish. The blemish has marred the image. And you want to see the image because you want to know who it is, but there's a blemish and the and here's what happens. Oh man, I feel like preaching to you for just a minute. We have a savior that knows who you are underneath the blemishes. Because every one of us was born with blemishes. Every one of us was covered in blemishes. And when people looked at us, what they seen was a blemished version of who we really are. Because the Creator created us to be something that we weren't. It's why when you get saved and you run into your old crowd, they don't recognize you. The reason they don't recognize you is because what they seen was a blemished version of you. But we've got a God that washes the blemishes all away by the blood. And when he washes them away, you can now see who God created you to be. He's coming back after a bride that has made herself ready. How many people looked in the mirror this morning? Raise your hand real high if you looked in the mirror. Looked in the mirror, looked in the mirror, looked in the mirror. Leave your hand up, leave your hand up, everybody. Everybody looked in the mirror. You're so conceited, all of y'all. How many people in here looked in the mirror too long this morning? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. A couple, how many people, how many people, how many people had somebody in your family looking in the mirror too long? Tell on them.
Why do you look in the mirror? Why'd you look in the mirror? I promise you I didn't look in the mirror to make sure my hair was right. I promise. Maybe some of it. <laughs> I had Tracy looking at me yesterday, and I was like, check this out. And she I said, do you see anything? She said, oh, he's a crooked beard. <laughs> Man, I got to fix that. I don't know how to fix this. Why do you look in the mirror? Because the reason you look in the mirror is to see if there's any blemishes and or to cover some up. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Your trial never ends. It just changes shape. You know what? They came across the Red Sea and there wasn't no water. I mean, hey, we just got through the Red Sea. Big trial right there. Get on the side, there ain't no water. It just changes shape. Some of you young people, just hold on. Right now you're going down the clear cell aisle. And one day you're going to be going down the Rogaine aisle. Your aisles just change in Walmart. One day you're in the tennis shoes aisle. The next day you're in the insole aisle. Wonder how these bad boys would feel in my kicks. Your child just changes shape. Image. He said, let's make them after our image and give them dominion. They did a study on people who are married for years. And they begin to favor each other in likeness after so long. I'm praying I go Tracy's way and she don't come mine. <laughs> People who have been married, watch it, Eddie. People who have been married for years and years and years and years and years. People look at them and say, they look like brother and sister. This is proven facts. But not all of them. Not all of them. So they actually did a study to figure out what made this happen. They thought it was the food they ate. Because evidently, if you live together, you're going to eat about the same thing. And they thought maybe the food, but it wasn't the food. They realize that when two people are together for long enough, they start thinking alike. How many of y'all can already, with your wife, finish each other's sandwiches? I mean sentences. <laughs> Both. You know what they're thinking, Aaron? Do you know what Robin's thinking sometimes before she even says it? You know what she's going to say. Tracy knows because she hears me talk a lot. <laughs> so she knows what I'm going to say. She knows. You know, and so what happens is you start thinking. Like, they said the power of the mind is amazing. They say if two people think alike, they start looking alike. That's why nerds all look the same. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because when you think it, if you don't think your mind messes with the way you look, lose your mind. People that lose their mind begin to get some of the same features. They say when they lose their mind, their eyes literally begin to sink. It's amazing, the power of the mind. So, if I'm going to look like Jesus... He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. If I'm going to look like Jesus, I need to start thinking like Jesus. And if I'm going to think like Jesus, and I'm going to look like Jesus, then he's going to give me dominion, and he's going to give me power. Oh, man. Do I got to hurry. I got to hurry. I told you I wasn't going to be long. Lord, forgive me. 
I don't even know if this is right. This ain't right. Hmm. Uh, anyway, here's what happens. When, when, when he saves you, he clothes you in his robe. So when you're clothed in his robe and he gives you his righteousness, he covers you. So in my robe of white, I will fly away. Forget it. Before you fly away, let's concentrate on why you're here in your robe of white. The robe of white is not just to get you to fly away. The purpose of the robe of white is to cover you. To, so when you walk in, you look like him. Are you hearing me? When you look like him and you got his image, you'll have his dominion. So how can I get God to fix the things in my life? Look like Jesus. Act like Jesus. Man, I want the cross to save my soul, but I don't know if I want to take up one and follow him so that I look like him. Do I really want to do that? Do I really want to deny myself? If you don't deny yourself, you're not, you don't have no part of him. Because, oh, man, I'm telling you, he that finds his life, he loses it. But if you lose your life, you find it. What do you mean? I mean, God wants to wipe all of those blemishes away. And he knows exactly who you are and who you're designed to be. What I got to do is be willing to quit putting the blemishes back that he's trying to take away so that I'll look like him so I can walk in victory and so I can walk in dominion. Eugene, we think when we sin we're getting away with it, but we're not. We're losing out. What are we losing out on the plan of God? Because every time we sin, it breaks fellowship. And then that fellowship has to be restored. And I believe sometimes, Josh, we're wasting a lot of time when God's ordained us to walk in a place that he's ordained us to walk in. All right, I'll I'll read this. I may let you go. What time is it? Okay, we're good. So it is written. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Come on, musicians. So it is written. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The only reason the musicians are coming to make y'all feel better. So y'all think, oh, it's almost over. How be it, that was not first, which was spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that which is spiritual. Did y'all catch that? The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As in the earthy, such things, such are they also that are earthy. And as in the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. As we have borne the image of of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. The earthy, listen, there is no such thing as a carnal Christian. That, that term has caused a lot of problems. Oh, they're Christian, they're just carnal. <laughs> huh? To be carnal is to be earthy. To be carnally minded is death. You can't be carnally minded and have life. He says, now we bore the image of the earthy. We did. Some of y'all were good old sinners. Some of you better at it than others. I mean, some of y'all were horrible. I don't even know how you're not in prison right now. You made it. Some of us were rough. Some of us wasn't like me. I was good. I'm kidding. 
But I was one of those sinners that never was comfortable in sin. Y'all know my story? I was always God conscious. Always. Even as a heathen. I am taking stuff that I shouldn't be taking, praying God don't let me die like that. What kind of person was I? I never had too much fun in sin. I'd go to the party. People going crazy. I walk in. We're going to hell. All of them. What is wrong with me? I never was comfortable there. But as we bore the earthy, and some of us more than others, it doesn't matter which scale you were on. It took the same blood to wash the God conscious as it did the atheist. It takes the same blood to wash away the blemish. Those blemishes that you bore, he washed them away. Now he says, bear the image of the heavenly. Oh, man, I don't want to be on fire for the enemy and quiet for Jesus. I'm just bashful. Let's go ask those people you used to run around with how bashful you are. There's some people threaten me. If you get me to testify, I'll never come back. Come on, man. Show me what he did for you. Me and Ian was together yesterday and I've, I've had I've had my mom do this to me before and I know some of y'all have or your spouse or something but we was outside and I had some I had mud on my face and I'm sitting beside him and he looks over and he goes and he gets it off of me and I went he started laughing he said stop stop has has your mom ever you ever had you ever had anybody come to you? You're like, you know, seriously, I was good with the dirt. I don't need your spit up on me. You know what I'm saying? I want you to picture this for a minute. I want you to picture Jesus coming to you and looking at you and saying, man, there's some things on you that shouldn't be on you here. Here, let me get that off. And the more he wipes off, the more he washes away. Are you hearing me? Boy, there's an image that starts coming through. It's the image that he designed you to be. And let me tell you how he knows when he's done. Is when what he's looking at looks just like him. Are you hearing me? When you take gold and they say, they say, Pure gold, they say, is clear. When you get all of those infirmities out of it, they say that the, the goldsmith looks down and when he knows it's done is when, when he can see his ref, when he can see his reflection in it. He said, This is pure gold now, pure gold. Oh, I want to walk in his power, but am I willing to take up my cross? Am I willing to turn the other cheek like Jesus did? Am I willing to when I've been abused to open not my mouth? Am I willing to walk in humility? Because when we walk in that, Jason, we're going to walk in power. As I sing this song, here's how this works. They're going to sing and give you a chance to respond to something you've heard, 
something that's happened in this service. I need a couple ministers to come up here. Come on, Darren. Come on, Jason. Come on. Come on, y'all. Come and help me. Come and help me. Come on. Brother, come on up here. Back back corner. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Hey, this man came today with a situation. Well, we got a God that's able to move in situations. Amen. How many people believe in the power of prayer? Amen. Amen. We're going to pray for you, brother. We're going to pray. Believing that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or even think. As they sing this song, if you need prayer, would you step out and allow us to pray with you? If your heart isn't right with God, would you come? And to let us know that God's dealing with your heart, would you just kneel down at the altar so we could pray with you? If your heart isn't right with Jesus and you're far from him and would like to come closer, would you come? Would you step out, step up, and let God tell you? He just, all he wants to do is wash some things away. Would you come? Would you come? Go ahead. Go ahead.